Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever.
because you have promised that you will meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pray be seated. our heads for a moment. Father, as we prepare to look into your word, we acknowledge that your word is your spoken word to us in written form. And Father, we know that your word is never learned. It is always revealed. And so we just ask that you would reveal your word to us today. Now, Lord, we know that you have something that you want to say to us today. Open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear. May the words that I say not get in the way of the words that you want to say to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are continuing in our look at the book of Romans, and we are in Romans chapter 12 today. And... um, we have not been doing an, exhaust, an exhaustive verse-by-verse study, but more uh, chapter studies. That's going to change a little bit. Um, you know, we spent three or four weeks in chapter 8, and we're going to spend a few weeks in chapter 12. But uh, this morning we begin chapter 12. And, and in chapter 12, Paul begins with these words. Therefore... I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy. Now, whenever we go through the Scriptures and we're reading, and I've said this to you many, many times before, just a reminder, whenever you see the word therefore, uh, it's necessary for you to go back. You have to remember back. Because what the writer has done is the writer has laid out a number of things. He's laid out a number of facts. He's made a number of of uh, assertions, or whatever the case may be. And at some point, he takes those assertions, and he takes those facts that he's laid out, and now he wants to make his point. And he says, therefore, because of that, in light of that, I want you to consider this. And so Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. We have, we have gone through 11 chapters in the book of Romans, and we've talked about a number of different things 
in those, in those chapters. I want to remind you of some of those today. Because if we're going to, if we're going to uh, do something in view of God's mercy, then let's remember what those mercies were. Let's remember what he, we've talked about in the, in the last couple of several months that we've been doing this. First of all, in Romans chapter 1, and verses 5 and 6, it says, Through Him and for His name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among the Gentiles. That's us, most of us. Oh, there's a few of you in here that, that, that are Jewish, but for the most of us, we're Gentiles. He called people from among all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those, you and I, are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We've been called to belong to Jesus Christ. That is a mercy and grace of God. Romans 3, chapter, th Romans 3, chapter 21, And now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe a mercy and grace of God. In Romans chapter 4, the words, it was credited to him, were not written for him alone. We're talking about Abraham. But for also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 8, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hello. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies that our, with our spirit that we are God's children. Amen. Romans 8.29 and 8.28, For we know that all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What an incredible promise of God's mercy and his grace. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Mercy and grace of God. Romans 9. It does not therefore depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is God, Jesus is Jehovah, Jesus is Lord, 
and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And in Romans 11, just as you were at one time disobedient to God, have, just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, speaking of the Jewish people, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy on you. For God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. What is a responsible, what is a reasonable response on the part of mankind to the mercies God has shown us? That is the question today. What is a reasonable response on the part of mankind to the mercies God has shown us. Somewhere along the line, there is a response that comes. What is a reasonable response? Okay? Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 12. This is what he says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual, in other words, reasonable act of worship. You see, when we, when we are confronted with the mercies of God, when we are confronted with things like God demonstrates His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we are confronted with, if God is for us, who can be against us? When we are confronted with, everything works out together for our good. What about the verse just in front of that where it says the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and prays for us when we don't know how to pray? What is a response to that? What is the spiritual act of worship. We don't just... You see, there's, it's one thing people say, well, we just, we're just going to worship God. There's more to it than that. There's more to it than coming into this place today and singing a few songs. And oftentimes what we do is sometimes we'll sing more songs and I'm not finding fault with, I'm not finding fault with the worship team at all. I'm... But, but a lot of times we'll sing songs about, about worship. But that's not what we do. We don't sing songs about worship. We sing songs about the God whom we worship. And, and what, he's, what Paul is saying to here to you is, and to I is this. There's something very reasonable. There's something very reasonable that you can do. It's not something that is going to be more than anyone could ask. What is your reasonable act of worship? What is your spiritual act of worship? What is the response that you and I should show to God for all that He has done for us? And Paul says it very clearly to us. He said, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That's the reasonable response. That's totally in line. What does that mean? 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. We go back into the Old Testament. If you wanted to offer a sacrifice, God was very clear. And he said this, you don't offer, you don't go out into your herd. Obviously, you, had to, you either offered a lamb or a goat, or you could um, offer a, you know, a heifer, or if you were really poor, you could offer a, a turtle dove or a pigeon or something like that. But what you did was you examined that animal. And you didn't go out into your, you didn't go out into your flock and, and look over there and go, Oh, there's one that's only got three legs. Well, I don't want to. I don't need the. I don't need the lamb with three legs, or, or you know. So I'm going to take the three-legged lamb and I'm going to take it and I'm going to give it to God because God says no. You don't do that. You don't give me that which is maimed. You don't give me that which is less than perfect. You give me the best of what you have. You take that lamb that that looks. Well, it's the one that you would like to use for breeding because you know that what's going to come out of the genes of that lamb are going to be other lamb. No, you take that lamb and you offer it to God because it's the best that you have. Even David, at one point, David was offered. David was offered. They said to him, here, I'll supply you with all that you need for the sacrifice. I'll supply the animals. I'll supply every. David responded and said, no, I will not sacrifice to God that which costs me nothing. You see. So when Paul says, your reasonable response to the mercies of God is to offer your body as a living sacrifice. We do not offer our bodies as a Dead sacrifice. We are, not, we are not to offer our bodies and kill ourselves. We are supposed to, we are offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. But what does that mean? Jesus said, anyone who would follow me, listen, anyone who would follow me must deny himself. He must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. You see, the living sacrifice is the part where you and I, we look at, we look at the mercies of God and we say, you know what? It's only reasonable. It's, it's the least I can do to offer myself to God, to say to myself, yes, I have plans. Yes, I have wants. Sure, I have desires. Yes, I have all of those things. But it is more important to me that I understand what God wants me to do, and I do that. I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, and I hadn't been on there in a long time, and I looked at it, and I loved it. A.W. Tozer. Anybody ever heard of A.W. Tozer? Uh, He's one of my favorite. This man, that man had it together. He had it together. He said this. He says, I retain the holy right to disappoint man so that I might not disappoint God. I retain that holy right to do that. You see, that's where the living sacrifice comes in. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 
Now, the, there's a second part to this. Okay? And the second part is as important as the first part. Listen to what Paul says in this second part. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now folks, I gotta t- I tell you something. There is a, th- there's, there, it's one thing for us to come face to face with all the things that God has done for us. It's, it's another thing to say, Lord, my my reasonable, my reasonable act of worship to you, my reasonable response to you is, is to offer my body as a living sacrifice. That's, that's, that's reasonable for me to do. But if we don't get our minds renewed, see, our hearts can be renewed. Okay? You can have your heart renewed. That comes by faith in Christ. That simply comes by, by praying, asking God to forgive you, receiving Christ in, in, as your Savior, and saying, you know, Father, I, I accept what Jesus did for me. I'm a sinner. And, and, and our hearts are renewed. The Holy Spirit regenerates our hearts. The Holy Spirit does that work. And the Spirit comes to dwell within us and testifies that we are God's. We are His children. Now, there's a difference between that act of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, forgiveness, becoming born again, becoming a new person and new creation in Christ Jesus, and having your mind renewed. Your mind gets renewed when you begin to realize and understand that the Word of God is always right. Hello? It's always right. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter if you think that for some reason you read the Word of God and it says something and you go, I'm the exception to that rule. That's not having your mind renewed. You see, when when Jesus says you can't have two masters, Do you know what he meant when he said that? What he meant was, you can't have two masters. When he made that comment, you see, now what happens is, you and I have to make a choice. We have to, we read those words, now we have to make a decision. Am I going to follow that? Am I going to believe that? Am I going to accept that as truth? And when you and I begin to read the Word of God, when we begin to read the teachings of Jesus, when we begin to look at those things, and those words begin to change the way you think. 
See, it's not just a matter of having it change the way you behave. It has to change the way you think. Your mindset changes. You change from having a secular worldview to having a biblical worldview of what's going on in the world today. And you begin to, you begin to look at things differently because you have been confronted by the everlasting, eternal Word of God. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the seat. I... Oh, Lord. I, I go... I, <laughs> I'm going to get myself in so much trouble today. I, I don't often go... I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. Used to, but I don't very much anymore. But when I go on there, I see people that I know are believers whose thought patterns are not lining up with the Word of God. Whether you know it or not, you reveal yourself on the you reveal yourself on Facebook if you're okay. So just be careful. Well, I'll tell you, there's times I've sat down and, I've, and it, you know, it comes up and it says, what's on your mind? And I'm going in there and I'm just typing away. And I get down to the bottom and I go, who cares what I think? And I, and I back off simply because I don't want to do or say anything. But I'm going to tell you something. Okay? We need to have, we do not conform any longer to the world. Listen, if you are thinking, if your thoughts are the same as the world's thoughts, as a believer, you haven't had your mind renewed. Because there's no way that you can have your mind transformed and still follow the pattern of the world. Hello? You with me? Okay, because the whole point here is is to have your mind transformed. And what happens here is, is when your mind gets transformed, you begin to change, you begin to change. And, and the world doesn't match up with you anymore. The world, you and the world don't see things eye to eye anymore. Because your mind has been transformed according to the Word of God. Now, I'm just... Man, I'm just really holding myself back this morning. I just, I want to, but, but I, I, God help us. We have got to deal, we have to deal with the world according to the way Jesus dealt with the world. We have to treat the world the way Jesus treated the world. We need to treat sinners the way Jesus treated sinners. We need to to have the love of God. 
we need to show people that we are above what they do and we are about who they are. We have got to get off this thing about beating people to death. We, I've, how many times do I have to tell you this? We will never hate anyone into the kingdom of God. Ever. You will never hate anyone into the kingdom of God. And I, you know, and I am just, um, well, you see, the, the, the renewing of our minds, the renewal of our minds comes when the teachings of Jesus confront everything about us. Jesus said, Jesus said, love your enemies. That's okay. I can love them as long as they're over there. But when they come here, He couldn't have possibly meant that I should love my enemies when they were here. He couldn't possibly have meant that I would supposed to love Democrats. There has been there has been some things in you, 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 there's been some things in the news lately. And I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on it. I'm gonna touch on it today. I'm just gonna touch on it. We all know about this lady that got put in jail because of her because of her beliefs. Um, whether you agree with what she did or not, whether you agree with how she did it or not doesn't make it that that's immaterial okay I, I personally don't agree I, I I think that she should have just quit her job if that was what it took if that was it I think she just should have quit but that's my opinion the greater question here is is are we going to listen to the teachings of Jesus that's the greater question is Jesus, is the, is the teachings of Jesus, are they going to transform the way we think? Are we going to get that taken care of? You see, here's, here's where this goes. And you, you, some, of you will, some of you will love me when this is done, and others of you will go, boy, is he really off the deep end. But all I'm asking you to do is examine the teachings of Jesus and see whether I'm wrong or not. See, I don't care if you, you can disagree with me, but you, if you disagree with the Word, then that, that's a whole different ballgame. So I'm just telling you, you know, take it aside, take it away from me and, and see what the Bible says. You see, Jesus said, I, I, I talked about it earlier, Jesus said, you cannot have two masters. Does that mean, is that possible, is it possible for you to have two masters? No, no, no. Is it I mean, is it possible that you, I mean, to have two masters? Is that possible? 
No, it isn't. Jesus said, it's not possible for you to have two masters. You will either love one and hate the other, or you will love the other and hate that one. It's not possible to have two masters. Here's what happened. And nobody's asking this question. Nobody's going down this route. Everybody's focused on the wrong thing, especially the church. They're focused on the wrong thing. What happened here was this lady who was a believer took a job that required her to take an oath. And she took the oath and she brought onto herself a second master that wasn't Jesus. Then, when she was confronted with what Jesus would do, she had to make a choice, and her job said, You can't do that. Her conscience said, You can't do this. And her job said, You have to do this. And the problem was, she took an oath for another master when she was a believer, and Jesus is the only master she can have. And that's why there's a problem. Because you're, we're not listening to Jesus. He said, you can't have two masters. And that's why I personally would never be able to hold office. I would never be able to hold office because in that office, I would have to take an oath that says, I solemnly swear to, up, to protect, defend, and uphold the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. And at some point in time, I'm going to have to, I'm going to either be confronted, I'm going to have to kill somebody to do that, or I'm going to have to order somebody to kill somebody to do that. And as a believer in Jesus, I can't do that because Jesus said I have to love my enemies. Do you get where I'm coming from here? We are missing out because we're not paying attention to what the Word says and we're not letting our minds be renewed. We're still thinking about the way the world operates. And that will always get us in trouble as God's people. God help us. Now please don't misunderstand me. I don't have this all together. I'm, I've, I've talked about this a lot, but i got to tell you, I don't have it all together. I don't have all of the answers. I just know this, that if I'm going to be a believer and a follower in Jesus, I've got to do what He says. Okay? And I hope He gives me the grace to do that no matter what the situation is when it comes up. But I've got to have my mind transformed. Now listen we're not finished yet. Because here's what... What did I do here? Can you change that for me, Michael? Oh, it's your fault. Okay. What happens then is when we begin, when we get our mind transformed, when we are beginning to think clearly, and we are thinking in light of the Word of God, he says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. See, 
we, will, we always have a tendency to ask the wrong question. We have a tendency to ask the question, what's God's will for my life? The real question is, what's God's will? You see, God has a will. He has, some, he has a plan, and, and rather than us concentrating and bringing it internal and saying, well, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will? I begin to work to bring about the will of God, then I'm going to be working in the kingdom of God and bringing about the will of God. It's His will, not my will, be done. So what happens is when I get my mind transformed, see, until I get my mind transformed, he says, then, have your mind transformed, then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good pleasing and perfect will because until we have our minds transformed our minds will be thinking about the way the world does it and when the as we're thinking about the way the world does it we are never going to line up with God's will because God's will and the world's will are two different things and so But once we have our mind transformed and we're thinking and we're reading the Word and we're hearing what Jesus said and we're reading what the apostles said and we're, we're getting that inspired Word and we're thinking about it, when we read it, our natural inclination is going to be, when our mind is renewed, our natural inclination is going to be, I want to follow that. I want to do that. I want to be like that. And we realize what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then, we have peace with God because we are in His perfect will. And it all comes from giving our bodies as a living sacrifice and having our minds totally transformed by the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. That's our reasonable, that's our reasonable act of worship. That's the reasonable response to the mercies of God. Let's pray. Father, thank You for our time together today. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it is always right. We thank You that in it, you have given us the clear teaching of how to find you. And you tell us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. That if someone would come to God, he must believe that he exists and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We thank you. Your word says, if we seek you, we will find you. We thank you, Lord, for the teachings of Jesus. And Lord, you have given us a job, and our job is to go into all the world, to all the nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything you have taught. So Lord, we thank you for Jesus' teachings. They are, they are sometimes very hard teachings, but Lord, when we line ourselves up with them, we know that the blessings of God come as we live according to the dictates of Jesus. We thank You, Lord. We ask You that You would take each one of us now as we leave this place.
let us determine in our own minds that we are going to follow you no matter what. No matter what you ask us to do, where you ask us to go. We are going to give our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable. We are going to have our minds renewed. And we are going to know and understand the perfect will of God so that we might please you in Jesus' name. And Father, before we go, we just want to pray and thank you for the ministries that you have allowed this church to be a part of. And we have committed to give to them of our resources, but we've also committed to pray. And so today, Lord, we want to pray for uh, Brother Art and his prison ministry. Uh, and Lord, we pray for them today as they're uh, worshiping and preaching at another church. We ask for your guidance, your blessing, for your anointing. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for the lives that are being changed uh, through the prison ministry, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be a part of the Braden and Transitional Center. We thank you for those girls there. And we pray that not a single one of them will ever leave that place without knowing you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for Chaplain Burke and the great job she's doing there as she ministers to those girls each day. We pray for our missionaries, Lord. We thank you for Todd and Shelley Marks in the Middle East, and we thank you for Chris Garris in Thailand, and we continue to lift them up to you uh, for their needs, Lord, for, uh, as, they, as they share the, the truth of the resurrected Lord to those who don't believe in the resurrection, to those who don't know or understand the Word of God. Thank you for your spirit and the work that he's doing. Thank you for the baptisms that are taking place. And for those who are hearing and perceiving and are believing in the Lord Jesus. We thank you for Love Serves and for the work they're doing in the Dominican Republic. And Lord, we just continue to pray for their ministry as they uh, coach pastors and for the literally thousands of people that are coming to know Christ through that ministry there in that great nation. And then we thank you for our daycare here, Lord, and for the ministry that it has become and for the, um, the lives that are being touched during the week and for uh, the ministry that goes on here each and every day because of the daycare. We, we thank you and we just uh, ask you to continue to bless it. And then now as we leave this place, Lord, we walk out this door and we walk out into the world we are your ambassadors. We are your representatives. Lord, may people literally see Jesus in us each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.